Hello Magic Seekers and welcome to Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts Tracy and Shannon and welcome to our podcast coven. talk about this before we started recording so you're going to know what I'm talking about in a second but we are running a little bit of a competition that's right for our listeners Mm -hmm. so we want to get some t-shirts yes we do don't we love a good t-shirts and maybe something else even like I was thinking like tote bags or something Mm, that's a good idea always need tote don't know yet yeah, um, but we want you guys to come up with a design. Yes, please. So, yeah, we're thinking maybe using any of our catchphrases, um, any anything that you can possibly think of, like use your imaginations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, get your creativity on and we'd love to uh-huh. see it. We'll put some details on our Instagram about what we're after, but, yeah, competition. Yep. Yes, so it's open to anyone and everyone and all we really need is your artwork in and obviously we would we would let you know before we shared it or before we did anything with it. And credit. Um, yeah, of course, all of that. Um, but, yeah, we just thought we'd put it out there. So check out Instagram, turns out underscore she's a witch uh, for more details. But we're super excited to get that happening because that will be fun. Absolutely. Get our little coven T-shirts happening. Yeah, a little podcast coming. <laughs> um, okay, and so what news have we got for the moon this week, Shan? Because isn't it a full moon on Wednesday? Yes, it's the full moon in Aries and it happens at 1.56am Australian Eastern Standard Time, technically Thursday morning, but yes, Wednesday night is the night if you want to put your crystals out for a nice moon bath and do any kind of ritual work, it's happening tomorrow. Hmm. Tomorrow or the next day? Tomorrow night. The next day. Because it's Thursday. Today's Monday. Well, we're releasing tomorrow and then Wednesday. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's happening that is so Wednesday night. Well, yeah, at, at 2 a.m. on Thursday morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Listen to Shannon. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> Um, and was there any other kind of housekeeping that we needed to talk about before we go into this week's episode? Well, we've had a lot brewing behind the scenes, haven't we, Tracy? So we had a conversation, what, last week, and you basically said to me, like, who are your dream list of people that you'd love to have on the podcast? And I gave you my dream list, and then you, your little manifesting maven, just kept sending me emails of people that had said yes and we have some really juicy mm-hmm. juicy juicy magical people coming up over the next couple of months which is Very super exciting. exciting yes it's so wonderful to be able to give um 
like to just use little some little connections and some little 20,000k followers on my Instagram for some leverage like that stuff works <laughs> I never thought it would but it's like okay cool like if you've got some kind of following on social media people take you seriously or people at least listen and acknowledge you and, and check out your email as well mm. um and I'm really glad that um that that leverage can be used in getting these amazing guests and being able to bring them to our listeners. But I know that you're just going to geek out, like geek out. Oh, and yeah. same with Laura, some guests that we've got coming up on, turns out she's psychic, our sister podcast. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so cool to be able to have these, these opportunities. So stay tuned yes. because over the next few months, we'll be bringing you a different guest every now and then. And um, it'll be Shannon's turn to get all fangirly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Even when you told me about two in particular, I nearly peed my pants with excitement. And they're like <laughs> my witchy idols. I was like, oh, my gosh. So turns out she a mm-hmm. witch. she's a witch. She's gone worldwide. <laughs> it is. It's gone transatlantic and it's gone, it's gone worldwide, international. Oh, it's so exciting. So what we're actually going to talk about this week, though, I believe is Halloween, which is such a a Northern Hemisphere situation at the moment, but we do have it in a couple of weeks happening. Um, So let's, let's hear what our beautiful Shannon has got to say. Yeah, well, I thought like we're in the season of Halloween and the shops, which I was just at this morning, are full of like all the trick-or-treating stuff and the scary masks and the fake jack-o'-lantern pumpkins and ghoulish decorations and all that stuff. So I thought it would be really good to just chat about like where did this American holiday tradition come from and how it is connected to paganism. So, Mm -hmm. hmm. I'm excited. We did a little bit of this over on Turns Out She's Psychic in our first season. Um, So I'm thinking I'm going to know a little bit of this, but our listeners, if you've not listened to Turns Out She's Psychic, then you wouldn't know, but also you're going to have a much more witchy approach to it. So I'm really excited to understand more about that too. So when it comes to paganism or witchcraft, talk to me about how Halloween Halloween sort of plays into there. For sure. So... It is very steeped in a pagan past. So Halloween originated from the ancient Celtic tradition known as Samhain, uh, which is part of the Wheel of the Year. And in the Northern Hemisphere, that is coming up for them um, on the 31st of October. But for those of us here in the Southern Hemisphere, we're actually coming up to the Festival of Beltane, which falls on the same date. So Beltane is a time of celebrating heightened fertility, beauty, sensuality, desire and sex. So it was also a traditional time for hand fasting rituals and of breathing life into our wildest dreams. So I will delve right into Beltane in next week's week's episode, along with all Mm -hmm. of the traditions so our listeners can celebrate it through ritual. But I thought with with all the hype around Halloween right now, we'd have a look at what it all means and the history behind it and why it's so interesting. All right, well, let's go because, um... I want to know first, do you celebrate Halloween on Beltane? That's a tricky one. So my kids love to get into the Halloween stuff and dress up and trick or treat and all that. So in a way, yes, but no, because we will be celebrating Beltane 
as a family. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So we'll yeah. be celebrating um, more of the Halloween aspects next year um, on Samhain, which is typically the April 30th to 1st of May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty much the same, except I don't really cel- celebrate Beltane until, well, I'll be doing it. I did it last year mm-hmm. and I'll be doing it this year. But um, I always figured that because um, I, I know the, the origins of Halloween and I know that it's not an American holiday when we have people turn around and go, why are you celebrating? It's such an American holiday. And it's, I feel like, oh, I, well, I used to feel like it, but I don't anymore. But I feel like just saying to people sometimes, are you kidding you're, you're just as bad as everybody else that celebrates Halloween, the American holiday, because you think it's an American holiday. Go and educate yourself because it's not an American holiday at all. It's actually a pagan holiday and it is based in so much tradition mm-hmm. uh, and so much like pure culture and, and beliefs and it just got just got Americanized yes, and commercialized. Yeah, and I've always thought, like, with my little kids growing up and, you know, especially when you've got kids, that's when you notice other adults or parents saying, I'm not celebrating Halloween, I'm not doing that, it's an American holiday. I've always just thought, you know what, I want my kids to have every, for two reasons. One, I want my kids to have every opportunity to celebrate. Yeah. I just want them have to fun. have fun. Yeah. And and Halloween is like the, we, we, all of us love Halloween in my family. We go to town on Halloween. <laughs> And we always have. It's always just a really fun time for us. But two, I want them to understand the origins of Halloween and celebrate it. And then as they get older, they'll be able to understand that they can celebrate it twice a year if they want to with their with their friends that don't understand the, the pagan side of it, if they choose to acknowledge that as well. Um, but as long as they understand the celebration of it and the origins of it, then they don't, right at that point when they're younger, they don't know whether it's October or November or June. Mm-hmm. I've got friends who who they're the, um, the husband of the friend or the dad of the family, he needed to go overseas for, he was an international um, soccer player. Well, he played for Australia, but he, he was playing a game overseas. And um, he was going to be flying out on the day of the twins' birthday. And I think they were turning, like, four. And so they told them that their birthday was the day before. And they didn't know. <laughs> they just changed the day of their birthday because what four-year-old knows whether it's the first or the second? It's none. True. Yeah. So I just think, like, let them have that tradition have and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, why not? Well, it's the same with, an ogre. Same with Christmas as well for us. Like, Yule same, yes, is correct. in June. For us, mm-hmm. yet we still celebrate Christmas with our family. It's it's the kids yes. have that fun and the whole Santa thing, and you know, like we, yeah, we don't we don't not celebrate that. We, we're still a part of it, mm-hmm. so it just has a different and meaning. Ultimately, for us, I guess. yeah, and ultimately we are from Australia, yep. and this is what Australians do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. lots of different belief systems yeah. and cultures all melded into this big pot of ours. It's this country, that's for sure cauldron feels like a bit of a cauldron at the moment (laughs) (laughs) who knows what what they're going to come up with um okay so do ghosts and ghouls really come out to play on halloween or is it just my little three munchkins yes they do so no matter what hemisphere you are in 
the veil between the worlds is said to be very thin at this time of year. So it makes it the perfect time for divination and spirit communication. And we should be celebrating Samhain or Halloween on April 30th uh, here in the Southern Hemisphere as it's the midway point between autumn equinox and spring um, and winter solstice. So traditionally, this was also known as the Witch's New Year and it was the starting point of the Wheel of the Year. So it's time to acknowledge our ancestors and honour our loved ones who have passed. And it's also a harvest festival where preparations are made for the cold months ahead. So, yes, we will delve more into the ghosty aspect a little bit further into the podcast, but it is a time of spirits. So if you're going to not give me all my ghost and ghouly stuff and we're not going to go into that straight away, I've got another question for you. If it's meant to be Samhain, how the hell did they get the name Halloween? Like, yes. How, like, <laughs> I get the wind, the wind bit, but I don't, is it because ever it's All Hallows Eve and they've just combined the two? You are correct, yes. So part of celebrating Samhain, people would light bonfires, wear costumes, ward off ghosts and evil spirits. So in the 8th century, Pope Gregory III declared that November 1st uh, was the time to honour all saints. So soon All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Samhain and the evening before was known as All Hallows Eve and later that did evolve into what we know as Halloween. Uh, It's widely believed that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday. And over time, Halloween turned into a day of activities like trick-or-treating, carving jack-o'-lanterns, festive gatherings, donning costumes and eating treats. And I have a little fun fact for you. Did you know that one quarter of all candy sold annually in the US is purchased just for Halloween? Wow. That's how massive it is in the States. Cray. I did know that um, trick-or-treating actually wasn't a thing until when Halloween became a little bit more popular with kids dressing up and doing the trick-or-treat that that was actually coined by a um, a confectionery company ah, okay. who who saw it as a marketing opportunity. Ah. And so it was a confectionery company idea in terms of the treats. Um, yeah, because it didn't used to be trick or treat. I think it, it used to be something else. I have I that coming remember. up too. Oh, you have that. I do. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> I wanted to quickly just say, though, you know, before how you were talking about the veil is the thinnest, mm-hmm. So as a psychic medium, I do not work on Halloween um, or um, Samhain, like for us. Like for in the April. and Samhain, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't work because um, I find it... um, I find it... uh, There's something about me that feels that it's disrespectful. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's my one night where my relatives might yeah. decide to be with me as opposed to worrying about everybody yeah, else's all enough. the time. Yeah, especially with your profession and you mm. do that for others all the time. It'd be, it yeah. makes sense to make that space for yourself and your ancestors. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay then. So, all right. So we've covered, well, you won't talk to me about ghosts and ghouls yet, so I'm going to have to wait for that one. <laughs> But we've covered where the name Halloween comes from. What about the dressing up? Um, When we dress up, from my understanding, I think it's like to scare away spirits. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, well, our Celtic ancestors believe that as we move from one year to the next, 
the dead and the living would overlap and demons would roam the earth again. So they thought that they would more than likely encounter a spirit um, if they left their homes on Samhain. So to outsmart these ghostly beings, people would put on masks to disguise themselves. So when they left their homes after dark, the ghosts would think that they were fellow spirits and leave them alone. So it was like a defence strategy. Mm, it's like boo yeah i'm gonna scare you before you scare me yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so what about witches like did witches just dress up in extra witchy stuff well see i don't think witches have never to my knowledge dressed up like witches that's kind of like a disney thing with the pointy black hats and the broomsticks and all that sort of jazz so the visit of oz yeah yeah that's very much a um yeah, a fairy tale construct, I think, which is just look like normal women, like me. <laughs> mm, what about the sorting hat in Harry Potter, the witch's hats? <laughs> They're a thing. Witch's hats are a thing. Oh, they are a thing. There is a history of those, definitely. But yeah, we need to do an episode on we that. We do. We do. Yes. Yeah. Cool. If you're talking about like okay. my ancestors, how I picture them, um, they would have just looked like normal women. Normal people, Normal just people. like you. Yes, just healers and herbalists and midwives and tea leaf readers. Yeah. You had a what, what? Oh, my great-grandmother was a tea leaf reader. A what? Tea leaf reader. Oh, a tea leaf yes. reader. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were saying tinny leaf and I'm like, what's a tinny leaf? <laughs> What's a tinny leaf? I'm thinking like maybe it was some Irish word or something. No. And what is this sorcery you speak of? <laughs> no, it's good old tea leaves. Yes. Reading the leaves. You have talked to me about that before. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, okay. So, and did anyone else in your family learn how to do it after her? No, well, I only found out about it recently, to be honest. So, um, my mum never mentioned it to me do not ask me why and I have said that to her like out of all the people you didn't think to mention that little bit of information (laughs) Uh, and my grandmother so um, my nana was a devout catholic but she was definitely psychic Um, I could write a book about all of the experiences she had but it was her mother her mother Mary so my great granny Mary and I only found out recently off a cousin in Scotland and we were having a chat and she said oh do you know granny Mary used to read the leaves and she was the person that the community would go to and she said I have vivid memories of you know, women knocking on the door and Granny Mary going, all right, out, this is women's business and her reading their leaves. And oh, yeah, wow. and I never knew it. I never knew it. So I was just like, yes, there's another, another witchy soul in the family. I knew it. <laughs> Not just me. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yeah, I've only ever met one tea leaf reader. He um, used to be at the psychic fairs that I used to do way back when, Mm -hmm. Um, and he was apparently amazing. Like, he would be booked out before he even set up his table. Wow. It was incredible. It's always intriguing to me. I would love to learn how to do it. Always intriguing. I bought a couple of books since I found out about my my great-granny, but, yeah, I haven't really delved into it yet, so. It's not like you've got, like, all this time (laughs) up your sleeve. (laughs) Another thing. You need to create a spell that gives us more time. (laughs) Okay, what else is there? What can I think of? What about black cats? Yeah, so the idea that they're unlucky, uh, it has roots in the Middle Ages. So when people believed that witches avoided detection by turning themselves into black cats, so you just wouldn't want one to cross your path on Halloween because it could potentially be a witch. 
So that's where the connection ah. is because they believe that witches were shapeshifters. And there's a few other superstitions connected to Halloween too. So we try not to walk under ladders for the same reason that it's unlucky. Yeah. But that might have just come from being unsafe as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> it's really, it becomes really unlucky because everyone's walking under ladders and getting hurt and then it's, yeah. it's unsafe, which just becomes unlucky. That's yeah. it. But also um, it may have come from the ancient Egyptians. So they believe that triangles were sacred. So you shouldn't kind of break one by walking under it. And other Halloween superstitions included trying not to break a mirror on that day don't step on the cracks in the road or pavement and you certainly don't spill any salt on Halloween. And my nana, who um, was Scottish and very superstitious, she had some funny superstitions, I remember, um, when I was growing up. So she would never put new shoes on the table because she believed that was really bad luck. My husband says that. Yeah, yeah. And then um, if she gave anyone a purse or a wallet as a gift, she had to have a coin money in, it in it because that gave them yeah. prosperity. And then That's so weird. Yeah. Because some of these things I've always known and other other of them I've only learnt since I married my husband who is somewhat superstitious. Yeah. And then this other one, which I still do to this day and I can't help it, is if you finished your meal and you crossed your knife and fork, she would like yeah. panic. She'd like, quick, I'm, like, un- uncross it because it meant you were going to have an argument with someone. So, mm. and I find myself doing that with my kids. If they cross their knife and fork, I immediately uncross it. I'm like, no, don't do that. Wow. <laughs> so even, even not on Halloween? Yeah, just in general, in general. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, Matt, like I remember coming home one day and I don't know who it was that put, maybe it was me, I don't know, maybe it was one of the kids, but one of us put a pair of, like a, a new box, like shoe box mm-hmm. with shoes in it on the kitchen bench, like just getting home, put the groceries, like put the shopping on top of the kitchen bench and unpack it. And the first thing he did was just like knock it off. And he's just like, no, that means that someone's going to die. Oh, so he, his superstition oh, wow. is that, yeah, if you put shoe, new shoes on the table, that someone's going to, it's the, like an omen that someone's going to die. Wow. I think maybe this is another another episode we could delve into where these superstitions yeah. actually came from because when you think about it logically, it's quite crazy, but they've obviously it is. sprouted from somewhere. Come from somewhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Some sort of old wives' tales and, you know, Chinese whispers. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, like, I would probably have to say I'm mildly superstitious, but I don't really seek to understand superstitions. I kind of just, like, I won't walk under a ladder because of the triangle thing. Um, if I see a black cat, I, I say hello. Like, they don't, and in fact, I don't like cats, but black cats are the only ones that I'll ever say hello to. So (laughs) that's got to be something going on there. Um, I always notice a black cat and never really notice other cats. And so I just say hi, pleased to meet you sometimes, depending on if it stops. If it stops and looks at me when I say hi, I say pleased to meet you. And then I just keep going as something. Um, And I do the coin in the purse or the wallet or a bag if I ever give it to anyone. And I am a touch wood. I I do touch wood too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't touch wood. I just tap. Okay. And so, like, I have to tap two times somewhere on my body. And this is how this is how OCD I am about this one. If I tap, and sometimes, like, I accidentally muck up the tap. Like, I do like a another like kind of little tap after the second tap. tap. 
a smudgy tap, I rub it out and make sure that I do my two tap. Wow. Like, it is so bad. Yep. I've always done it. And I'll, I'll never forget the first time Matt saw me do it. We were on a date <laughs> and we were coming home and he had a van back then and I was in the front seat and he said something and I turned my head. I'm very good at keeping it seat. Like, no one would know I do it, but I'm doing it all the time. I tell it. I'm all the time doing it, like probably about 50 times a day every day. And um, I turned, sort of looked out the passenger seat window while he was driving and I tapped the side of my head, but he saw me do it in the reflection. And he goes, did you just knock on your head? And I went, yeah, like just touch wood. And he's just like, you're so funny. Why did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I just always do it. And I'll never forget it because it was the first time someone busted me doing it it and kind of called me out on it. Yeah. But I will always do it and I have to rub it out if there's any, any potential that that two tap wasn't crystal clear to the energy that that was a two tap. All I can (laughs) say is your Celtic roots are strong. (laughs) (laughs) Probably explains the 50% Irish and the 50% Scottish. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So can you tell me yet about the ghosts and the ghouls? Are we up to that well, part? I can yeah. tell you about trick-or-treating. So okay. it was originally known as uh, guising, so from the word disguising. And these traditions began in the Middle Ages. So children and sometimes poor adults would dress up in masks and costumes and go around door-to-door during Hallow Mass, begging for food or money in exchange for songs and prayers. And these were often said on behalf of the dead um, members of that person's family. And this was called souling and the children were called solars. And you might think that this practice then simply migrated along with Europeans to the United States. But trick-or-treating didn't re-emerge until the 1920s and 30s. It paused for a bit during World War II because of sugar rations, but is now well and truly back in full force. And the first records uh, of the phrase trick or treat date to the early 1920s when several Canadian newspapers used variations of the term in stories about Halloween celebrations in their towns. So that, that's, um, yeah, mm. but I liked your little take on it too that confectionery companies picked up on that and ran with it. So. Yeah, mm. yeah, and turned it into lollies. And that's why we would see, like, some old people. Like, I remember growing up, we used to love to go trick-or-treating and people would put apples mm-hmm. in the bag instead of – and, and you, if I went back in time, I would probably see that 100% of the people that put an apple in one of my bag were probably Irish or Scottish or yeah. from some some European aspect to them. Yeah, mm. But I remember just like tossing it. It's like apple. <laughs> Bloody apple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a poor kid. I want candy. <laughs> um, okay, so what about the pumpkins? Mm-hmm. So like I know like in, in my in my research and things that I've done, pumpkins like for one of the reasons that usually over in the Northern Hemisphere right now, it's just harvest time. And so there is this massive surplus of pumpkins as well. So in the US. with that surplus, yeah, they would, they would, yes, in the US, they wouldn't have like a, um, they wouldn't waste food back then. So they would use the pumpkins that weren't edible or the pumpkins that were too small or the pumpkins that were the odd bunch kind of thing. And they would use them to carve 
So that's all I really know. Well, it's not all I know. I understand the Jackalette and part, but I'm pretty sure you're going to enlighten our listeners about that bit. Yes. And I really love delving into this one. So Mm. the carved pumpkins with their very scary, ghoulish faces are such a strong symbol of modern day Halloween. And traditionally they were created to ward off evil spirits from outside of your home or street. And these talismans were known as jack-o'-lanterns. And the practice of decorating jack-o'-lanterns originated in Ireland uh, where large turnips or potatoes served as early items to create these with. And the Irish immigrants brought this tradition to America, which is the land of the pumpkin, and that's how it became an integral part of Halloween festivities. Well, I have a little bit of contradictory information about that too because in some traditions, or I don't even know which ones they are, but they talk about how that... Um, the light for the jack-o'-lanterns when they line your pathway, it's actually on um, Samhain, it's to guide the spirits home Mm. so that they know how to get to your front door. So the people who would place the pumpkins with the lights, it would be to attract the light and the face would be to scare the evil. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Which is really sweet. Yeah, so it attracts the, guides your ancestors home but keeps away all of the Mm -hmm. unruly the nasties. Yes, the ones that you don't want in your house. <laughs> the ghosts and the ghouls. Yeah, yes. Are you going to tell me about them yet? Well, I'm going to tell you about where the name Jack-o'-lantern came from. So it originally comes from an old Irish folk tale, and I loved this. I don't know if you've heard this before. And this man's name is Stingy Jack. So have you heard about Stingy Jack before? No. Oh, I think you're going to love this. So... According to the story... Hang on, wait, 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 wait. Is this one of those long... Is this a long one? Uh, not that long. A little, not really. Okay, so is this is this, is this this where I say everyone snuggle in because it's story time with Shannon? <laughs> a, a wee story with Shannon. It's only a little one. Okay, all right. <laughs> snuggle in for a wee story with Shannon. So according to the story, which I found on history.com, Stingy Jack invited the devil to come and have a drink with him. And true to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink. So he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy their drinks. And once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it in his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. So Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and that if Jack should die, he would not claim his soul. So the next year, Jack tricked the devil again uh, into climbing up into a tree to pick a piece of fruit. And while the devil was up the tree, Jack carved a sign of the cross into the tree's bark so the devil could not come down. And he made the devil promise Jack that it wouldn't bother him for 10 more years. But soon after this, Jack died. And the legend goes that God would not allow such an awful trickster into heaven. The devil, still upset by the trick Jack played on him, And keeping to his word to not claim his soul would not allow Jack into hell. So instead, the devil sent Jack off into the dark, lonely night with only a piece of burning coal to light the way. Jack put the coal into a carved out turnip and has been roaming the earth lost ever since. The Irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern and then simply Jack-o'-lantern. In Ireland and Scotland, people began to make their own versions of Jack's lanterns by carving scary faces into turnips or potatoes and placing them on their window sills or near doors to frighten away Stingy Jack. 
and any other wandering evil spirits. In England, large beetroots were also used. Immigrants from those countries brought the jack-o'-lantern tradition with them when they came to the United States and soon found that pumpkins that are native to America make the perfect jack-o'-lantern. Oh, I like that story. That's cool. And that makes so much sense as to where the name Jack comes yeah, from. Yeah, I loved it. I did not know that. So you learn something new yeah. every day. <laughs> Hi, Dash. Dash likes it too. <laughs> likes it too. Dash is the Turns Out Network um, mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's so cute. He was just so fast asleep under my desk at my feet where he sleeps all the time when I'm in my office because he's never too far away. But some neighbours just are getting some work done. I think he heard their voice. Ah, and okay. He's such a good little guard dog. It just He barks before he's even awake. It's like <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Um, okay, so I think that I've asked all my questions that I've got apart from do you do any kind of um, – what is, like, your ritual that you do for Samhain? Like, I know you're going to cover that. I know you're going to do Beltane next week yep. and what rituals you're going to be doing, but what ritual would you be doing for Samhain? Well, at Samhain um, we have a feast and we set a table place for our ancestors so that they can have a meal with us and we talk stories about our loved ones that have passed. We have um, on our altar, we put photographs of our family members that have passed. We light candles for them and we also make them offerings. So we usually have a bonfire and um, we place things that they would have enjoyed in this life into the bonfire. And the and ashes for me are quite potent ones. So I will keep those uh, in a jar after obviously everything's cooled down and throughout the year those ashes are what I use in spell work for protection um I will yeah put it in the four corners of our property at the thresholds of our front back doors that kind of thing so um yeah it's just a really special time of remembering for us that's what Samhain means to us so Mm. very cool yeah very very cool Alaska my little girl actually came in yesterday because Matt my husband's birthday is the, the, the 30th of October, the day before mm-hmm. Halloween, and uh, she came out yesterday and she'd gotten into trouble off Matt. So when she gets into trouble, she doesn't like to upset her dad. So she always tries and makes it up and she, like, makes it up to him and she came out to me and she said, Mum, what's Dad's favourite season? And I said, oh, would it have to probably be springtime? And she just said, oh, well, it's spring now. Maybe we could do, like, a... Halloween party for him for his birthday and we can get pumpkins and all of this and I said you know what that makes a lot of sense because dad's birthday is at Halloween and it is springtime and it is Halloween but think about what spring means to us it means sunflowers and daisies and sunshine and and the, the temperature heating up and baby animals and all those kinds of things and She's like, okay, so so we could do sunflowers and pumpkins? And I'm like, you're not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> that would look very lovely like the, together, the, though, pumpkins and the, sunflowers. <laughs> yeah. The mind bend, though, of Beltane and Samhain and how it's the, the other side of the year is very real yeah. for anyone, let alone an eight-year-old. <laughs> but I was just like, how about, you know what, I think Dad would be so happy with anything yeah. that you do. So don't worry about it. But, yeah, it was funny, like, trying to get her mind to, to think about how it was different, mm. but she's just a little bit too little yet, Yeah, I think. 
Okay, so are we at Divine Tool of the Week time yet? Yeah, or yeah. Have you got more? I've still got. Um, so I wanted to talk about the divination rituals that traditionally people would do um, for okay. Samhain. So I'm here for there it. were many of them, and most of them used to revolve around finding your perfect match or true love. So in particular, many had to do with helping young women identify their future husbands and reassuring them that they would someday, with luck, by next Halloween, be married. So in the 18th century in Ireland, a matchmaking cook would bury a ring in her mashed potatoes on Halloween night, hoping to bring true love to the diner who found it and hopefully not choke them. (laughs) (laughs) Or break their teeth or something. And in Scotland, fortune tellers recommended that eligible young women name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace. The nut that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding represented the girl's future husband. And although some versions of this legend, the opposite was true. So the nut that burned away symbolised a love that would not last the test of time. And there is also another legend said that if a young woman ate a sugary concoction made out of walnuts, hazelnuts and nutmeg before she went to bed on Halloween. She would dream about her future husband. And young women would also... Too bad if, like, too bad if there was two boys in the village with the same name. Well, hopefully they had, you know, middle names and different last names. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine, like, being a young Irish woman just running around going what's your name? And if they say Adam and that was your name, you'd be like, okay, we're meant to be together. And they're like, excuse me, you're crazy. It's like, no, you popped my hazelnut. Like my hazelnut popped. It's, it's in the you hazelnut. Popped my hazelnut. You popped my hazelnut. <laughs> so um, young women would also toss apple peels over their shoulders, hoping that the peels would fall on the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials. And other oh, rituals gosh. were more competitive. So at some Halloween parties, the first successful apple bobber would be the first person to walk down the aisle. And each one of these Halloween superstitions relied heavily on the goodwill of the very same spirits whose presence the early Celts felt so keenly. Wow. So not just wow. a night of like scary hauntings, it's also about finding love apparently. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder if that's like a part of an ancestral thing for me or past life stuff in terms of like not liking my head to go into water like that and water going up my nose. I know no one likes water going up their nose, but I've got like a real kind of aversion to maybe it. Maybe had a traumatic, like I do not want a traumatic apple bobbing experience. Or maybe you were the last <laughs> one to get your apple and you're like, damn it, I'm a spinster forever. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's probably more it. (laughs) I think something bad happened. (laughs) Because it just, it makes me want to hold my breath and not do it. If I think about bobbing apples. Okay. Wow. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun anyway. Like the hazel, like it sounds like a fun time for single women. Yeah. And their mums and the sisters and just for womanhood, it sounds like a fun time. Yeah, fun time for love divination. I wonder what the guys did. Yeah, true. Probably if just they had any... drank whiskey by the fire, I'd say. <laughs> and just leave it up to the leave women. Leave it up to the women. <laughs> I'll just do whatever they tell me to do. <laughs> I wonder who I'm marrying. I guess I'll find out by tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So is that all the all the divination? Is yes. that 
That's it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now are we on to Divine Tool of we the Week? Because sure you haven't told are. me about ghosts and ghouls yet. Or is that part of the Divine Tool well, of the no, Week? Well, that was kind of part of, like, the story behind the jack-o'-lantern about him being the lost oh, soul okay. and, yeah. So it is really okay, a time cool. of, of spirits wandering the earth, whether they're your loved ones and ancestors or naughty spirits, I guess, who are lost, who are playing tricks. and Roaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mischievous cheeky buggers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, have you seen Coco? No, and you are like the, the fourth person very recently who has asked me that, so I'm going to have to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you must. And also, our listeners, if you haven't watched Coco, watch it. It's, it's a perfect Halloween movie as well to watch with kids or even just as a grown-up. Like Beautiful. I just enjoyed watching it as a grown-up. But, I, like, warning, you will cry. Oh, it's incredibly sad, but like incredibly beautiful sad. Yeah. It's such a beautiful movie. It's um it's probably better than Soul, but Soul is good too. I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah. Okay. So, is it Divine Tool of the Week time? Yes. Okay. So Shannon requested and my stomach just <laughs> fell out of my butt again. So, I because we've spoken so much about Irish traditions today, I have requested that Tracy introduces this segment <laughs> in an Irish accent. Yeah, I'm so nervous. I have to thank my friend, client, listener, Lydia, for um, for who is an Irish friend. <laughs> I messaged her this morning and I said, "Can you please voice record your voice saying divine tool of the week?" I have to I have to do it in an Irish accent, and she sent it through, but it sounded exactly like I would say it anyway. So. I um I apologize in advance to all of our Irish listeners, but I'm gonna murder it. I'm gonna absolutely murder it. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's time, it's time for Divine Toil of the Week. What? Oh, top of the morning to you. <laughs> oh, that was lovely. I loved it. <laughs> oh my god, I nearly wet my pants. <laughs> oh, so our divine right. tool of the week this week is Pumpkins. 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 I thought uh, we would go into the magical side of pumpkins. So our humble pumpkin is a member of the gourd family. So that includes cucumbers, honeydew melons, rock melons, watermelons, and zucchini. And these plants are native to Central America and Mexico, but now grow on six continents, all but Antarctica. And Indigenous North Americans have grown pumpkins for thousands of years, even before the cultivation of beans and corn. And in 1584, after French explorer Jacques Cartier explored the St. Lawrence region of North America, he reported finding gross melons, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, Gross melons. Gross melons. As in they tasted gross? Well, I think they just looked well, they gross. Looked gross. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm just going to call them gross melons from now on. I thought that was awesome. Gross melons, yeah. <laughs> so the name was translated into English as pompions and has since evolved into the modern pumpkin. So I thought that was interesting, a little bit of information. So, Do you know what I don't like when people call them pumpkins? True. They Yes. That's annoying. It's so annoying. It's a pumpkin. A pumpkin. No, it's not. It's a pumpkin. <laughs> Actually, it's not. It's a what? A pum- a it's a gross pumpkin. melon. It... A gross That's melon. That's just a gross yeah. melon. What did it translate into English, um, though? From French to English, it is pompions. 
Pumpions. Pumpions. Maybe we can okay. call them that. I'm going to call them pumpkins. I'm going to call them pumpkins and you can call them gross melons. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> and so how can we use our gross melons in magic? So, well, first... Uh, of all, during Samhain, by carving jack-o'-lanterns, as we've discussed, to ward off evil spirits and entities. You can also burn protective herbs such as rosemary and mugwort inside your jack-o'-lanterns as well. Ooh. Yeah. And I also enjoy making pumpkin soup at that time of year as well. So while stirring the pot anti-clockwise for those of us here in the Southern Hemisphere and clockwise for those in the Northern Hemisphere... And infusing it with the energy of protection, nourishment, and family bonds. And adding um, the element of black pepper for protection is also a great little thing you can do as well. And you can also maybe mm. put like a bit of rosemary or bay leaf. Yeah, and also think of their magical properties that you're infusing into the soup. You can also dry roast the pumpkin seeds left over from creating your soup and toss them into a spell bag or bottle for prosperity. The fertile abundance of seeds inside a pumpkin is perfect for success spells. And also offer some pumpkin to the land spirits. And if you are lucky enough to place some in your garden, you might just get some baby pumpkins from it. And we've done this many times accidentally with our compost. So little baby um, gross melons, gift from the gods. So that's the pumpkin. Well, thank you, Shannon. That was fun. And um, I feel like we're going to have to revisit it all again at Samhain next year. Yes, we will. So that we know what to do for our altars and um, for any spell work that we want to do then. Um, and I'm really looking forward to next week for Beltane Ooh. so we can we can prepare and everyone can get ready for, for Beltane. I love Beltane. Beltane is one of my favourite points in the Wheel of the Year and I can't wait to delve into it all next week and... Yeah, and also with Samhain next year, there is so much more to Samhain. Like it is such an in-depth yeah. festival, but I just wanted to touch on a few elements today so that people understand where some of the traditions of Halloween come from. Yeah. Yeah. And so now everyone can go out, go trick-or-treating if you're allowed and you're not still in lockdown mm -hmm. if you're one of the, the lucky one ones. of the free people <laughs> on the planet. I don't know if I'd call them lucky, but I'd call them free. Um, and if you're allowed to go trick-or-treating and you're allowed to do all of that, then now you've got some history mm -hmm. and now you can turn around and say, actually, did you know? <laughs> That's it. Where jack-o'-lanterns come from. Spread some stories. And we're actually souling right now, not trick-or-treating. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell your children. Tell the world. Pass the good messages on. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Shannon. And everyone, don't forget to um, head over to our Instagram, turns out underscore she's a witch, and we're going to be placing the uh, competition details for the artwork for some merchandise up there. Mm -hmm. um, and don't forget your full moon on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Um, and it's a perfect time to do some release. So let's mm. just release, 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 release. I'm sure that those of you who are free and out, that it would be nice to release some, just release some limiting beliefs or some, you know, just some um, some patterns that just aren't serving you now that you're free and we're coming into springtime, summertime in the Southern Hemisphere and it's beautiful. But for our Northern Hemisphere listeners, I hope you're enjoying preparing for Halloween and getting into the swing mm, of it. And enjoying autumn and, yeah, everything kind of getting Favorite. darker and colder over there. It's it's beautiful. Mm. 
I'm loving all the people that I follow on Instagram showing me all of their autumn photos, the trees and the leaves. Oh, and, oh, love it. Beautiful. <laughs> all right, everyone. Right, thank Good you. Good night, magic seekers. We shall see you next week. Bye.